0: we jump in here, God, your Holy Spirit is just moving in this place today. From the moment I walked in, Lord God, and talked to the very first person, your Holy Spirit has been so evident. And I pray, dear God, that as we spend this time together, that we would focus our attention on you. That we would listen, Lord God, with all of our hearts. That we would listen with our hearts. May you be glorified. May you be praised by everything you're going to do in the remainder of this service and throughout the week. In Jesus' precious and holy name, amen. Okay, so we were in Alaska and we went on a hike. And before the hike started, the person leading the hike said, pulled me aside and said, Can you act at all? And I said, I, I think so. And he said, if you can't, if you can't do it, just let me know because it's important for this whole joke that we're going to play. I said, fine. He said, okay, I've got two little chocolate fake moose poops here. All right, look just like moose poop. And I'm going to hand them to you. You just keep You just hold on to them. He said, and as we got on the trail, I will find real moose poop at some point. And what I want you to do is I want you to fake like you're you've eaten moose poop. OK, and we'll kind of play off each other a little bit. And I said, sounds good. So we walk and we walked and half hour or so into the walk. He stops and says, now we know there are moose here because we have moose poop. And I said, oh, moose poop. I asked the question, I said, now I heard moose poop is actually it actually tastes good. And he said, well, yeah, it actually does. And I said, well, I heard in the past people would, you know, you can actually eat it. And he said, well, you can, because he said, look around the forest. They eat all this beautiful foliage and they eat all this stuff. So it's pretty much it has a very flavorful taste and whatever. And he said, so, yes, they do eat it. And I said, can I try? And now there's 40 people, 40 or 50 people on this hike. And here's this guy. Half of them didn't know who I was because they're from other groups. And I said, "Could could I eat some? And he's like, Mom, I'm not really sure you should. And I said, well, again, I heard it taste kind of chocolatey. You know what I mean? Because that's what I had. I said, I, taught, I heard it taste like chocolate. And and he goes, well, I said, I heard it's nutritious for you. It's good for you. He said, it is kind of fresh. He said, you know, it's up to you. I don't want to, you know, it's totally up to you. And people are thinking this guy's nuts. So I reached out with my hand, actually picked up a piece of the moose poop. But I had the chocolate in my palm. And I looked at it and I said, I'm going to, I'm going to try. And I put it, I put it and I popped it in my mouth and you should have heard the gasps of all the people on that trip. And they're like, people literally pulling out their cameras, you know what I mean? Like like posting it, this guy just ate moose poop. You know what I mean? It's going to go viral, moose poop eater. So, so I pop it in my mouth and I start chewing on it. And they're like, you didn't really, you know, a couple people are like, you didn't really eat that. And I opened my mouth and. They like my tongue out and there's you know this, there's like chocolatey stuff in my mouth. They're like, oh, oh, of course they keep their cameras up. Oh, oh, that's disgusting. So I said, I said, uh, I have another piece. If anybody would like a piece, it's really good. And, and Nate, one of our one of our one of our students, without hesitation, had no idea this wasn't real. I I would not eat moose poop. Okay, I'm just letting you. <laughs> Nate said, uh, I'll, I'll eat some. And I said, okay. And I, and I, I gave him the, mo- the real moose, but I did not. I, I, <laughs> I figured that'll teach him. I gave him, I had an, another one of the fake moose poop chocolate things. I gave it to him and without hesitation, he looked at it and just popped it in his mouth. And he's, first he asked me, will this affect my braces? Will this uh, get in, caught in my bra-? I said, he said, is it crunchy? Because I'm afraid I don't want to. And I, no, I said, it's, it's smooth poop. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no problem whatsoever. So he, he, without hesitation, just trusted his pastor. Okay. He, I, the pastor's eating poop. I'm in. You know what I mean? So he popped his mouth, started eating it. People are looking at him, taking pictures. And he's going, it tastes like chocolate. It does taste like chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and I told, I started telling people, listen, it's chocolate. It's not real moose poop. Only half the group heard me. So I had to go back and tell the other half. You want to see some angry people, though? Why don't you tell them it was fake and I guess they posted it or whatever. But, but what's <laughs> But Nate trusted his pastor and and just ate that moose poop, baby. So now we, we walk by each other. Hey, moose poop, moose poop. You know, what I mean, it's kind of a it's kind of a thing. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord, not in your pastor, okay? <laughs> pastor can lead you down the moose poop trail. Don't trust your pastor sometimes. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. We're in a series, okay? We're in this series. That's called, and he will make your path straight. And this morning, I, I, what I want to do is I want to talk about the next giant step on your spiritual path. The next giant step on your spiritual journey. This is so important. We talk a lot about trusting God. You know, we sing songs about trusting God and trusting Jesus. And, you know, Jesus is all that we need. We trust God. We need to be talking about trusting God. And we need to trust God if we want to mature, if we want spiritual maturity, if our journey is going to lead us to spiritual maturity. We cannot walk the straight path. We 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 are not going to walk the straight path, the path to our purpose, the path to 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 peace, the path to joy, the path to contentment. We are not going to walk those that path to all of those things if our journey is stagnant. We was talking to someone this morning and we were talking about spiritual health and, and moving forward. And we said, hey, if you're not going forward, you're going backward. No one stands still in their spiritual journey. So what I'm, what I'm asking of you this morning is saying, where are you on your spiritual journey and how can you continue to move forward? There are people in this room at different levels in their spiritual journey. At different maturity levels. There are people here seeking to understand. Talk to someone this morning who said to me, I am seeking. I'm trying to figure this out. I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to, to, to understand my spiritual journey, my spirituality. And they kind of described it that way. So there are people here who are seeking. Lots of people here are probably seeking, coming to church, trying to figure this God thing out, if you will. There are people who are growing in their faith. They're growing. They've already asked Christ to come into their hearts and they're and they're beginning to grow. There are people trying to live out, actively trying to live out their faith. They're, they've kind of passed a, they're, they're they're learning, but they're now trying to actually actively, um, not just passively, but actively living out their faith. And then you have people who are total, totally committed followers of Jesus Christ totally committed followers of Jesus Christ. These are the, to live is Christ and to die is gain people. I mean, they're ready. They are committed followers. Now the committed followers of Jesus Christ, they, they still need to grow. They still have a a ways to go on their spiritual journey, but that's where you, if you're seeking after God right now, if, if, if you feel like God is tugging on your heart, what you want to do is say to yourself, I need to go from this step to this step to this step. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to really apply this to my life, to a, a committed, a, to live as Christ and to die is gain kind of follower of Jesus Christ. We're all, I'm on that same path as you. You may be starting out. I may be further along, but we're all on this path. Of how can we become more committed followers of Jesus Christ? Faith is trusting God in every area of our lives with all of our hearts. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. It's trusting God with all of our heart in everything, everything we do. Whether it's at work, whether it's at home, whether it's on vacation, whether you're in church, doesn't matter. It's trusting Him. Faith is trusting Him in everything that you do. It's dynamic and it's active. It is not stagnant. Your faith cannot be stagnant. Like I said, if it's stagnant, you're flowing backward. You're going backward. You're not going forward. You need to continue to be. It needs to be dynamic. It needs to be active. A follower of Jesus Christ is never standing still. They're always trying to become more like Jesus Christ on this faith journey. There is no standing still. The step can be. It can be simple. It can be really, really simple and, and small or it can be dynamic, it can be it can be risky, it can be bold. You know, sometimes you're just a bold step, you're at work, and, and you've been a Christian for a while, and all of a sudden you're asked to do something that, that you know is wrong. You know it's wrong to fudge those numbers, or to lie about this, or whatever it is. You know it's wrong, and you've been a believer for a while, and they're putting you in a position to either do that, or maybe you'll get fired or have to quit. And so you decide not to do it. You're taking a risk. That is a bold risk. Sometimes our, our walk is simple, right? And, and there's small steps that we're taking. Other times it is risky. It is bold to stand up in your college class when someone is say your teacher is saying something and to raise your hand and to and to push back a little bit. Ask some questions. Get in a little bit of a debate with that person. That is bold. That is risky. So as you grow, you get bolder and more risky if you will. The point is to never, never stop moving forward. Taking the next step and then the next step and then the next step in your spiritual journey. We need to take action in our, in our, in our faith walk if we're going to fulfill our destiny. That's just the way it is. God designed every one of you for a specific purpose. Do you want to find out what that purpose is? You need to take those bold steps. Going forward to find out who God has created you to be. See, some people, I, and I've, I've, I've dealt with this my whole life in talking to people. Some people do not want to take that spiritual next step because they think God is going to change their plans. We have plans. I have plans. And so if I truly, you said, a committed follower of Jesus Christ in every area of my life. Mm, sounds really cool. Sounds really fun. But then all of a sudden it comes down to, wait, if I actually take that next step in my spiritual journey, it may cost me something. God may want to change the plans that I have. Well, let me, I just, I'll be honest with you and and make it easy here. He does. Okay. He does. And he will, he will change the plans that you've made for your life. But I'm going to tell you something. Here's the deal. His plans are just flat out better than yours. His plan for my life, okay, when I gave my life to Christ when I was 17 years old, his plans for my life were so much more dynamic, were so much more amazing, were above and beyond all I could ever ask or imagine. So, yes, if you give your life to Christ and wholeheartedly want to follow Jesus Christ, he is going to change your plans. His plans, his plans will always bring you closer to his son, Jesus Christ, to be more like him. That's his plan. If that costs you something, that's his plan. If that makes it harder for you, that's his plan. If it if it, if it's one of those things where you have to give something up, yes, God, God's going to put you on a plan that will help you become more like his son, Jesus Christ. And he will bring you closer. Hear me out on this one. He will bring you closer to the true longings of your heart. Because God knows you better than you know yourself. God knows what you need better than what you think you need. God knows more than you do. He cares more about you than you care about yourself. And God knows what's best for you. He knows what's best for me. And so we, if, we're going to, if we're going to be truly followers of him, God is going to want to bring us, he will bring us the longings of our heart. He will bring us that place of peace. He will bring us to that place of joy. God will bring us to that place of contentment. If you follow after him, he will change your plans. But his plans are always better than our plans and he will bring you to the true desire of your heart. How many people have you heard, Christian and non? It doesn't matter. They get to a certain age, and they start reminiscing about, one thing I would do again is I would spend more time with Jesus. I would just spend more time resting in the presence of... You know what I mean? I hear that, and hear me out. I'm not not criticizing it. What I'm saying is, if everyone you ever heard... A business person, Lee Iacocca, who used to turn Chrysler around. You know, they they asked him, I've told you this before. They asked him, if you could say one thing to the next generation, what would it be? You know, the guy's making his way to the top and he's the pinnacle of business and everything. And he said, I would tell the next generation, when you get to the top, there's nothing there. Lee Iacocca right now spends his life trying to feed the world. His goal is to end world hunger. That's where he sees his purpose in life. Because I got to the top and there was nothing there. I guess what I'm saying to all of you and to myself, if we know that now, this isn't rocket science. Why don't we live that now and not wait till we're whatever and then re- look back and tell the next generation oh, when, what, really what I really learned is that I would spend more time, Jesus. You know what? I'd spend more time just studying the word and do it. Let's, just, let's do it now. You're 15, do it now. Don't get caught up in everything else, chasing after the golden ring when it actually doesn't exist. Do it now. Have the wisdom, have the maturity, have the discipline, have the spiritual walk where you're seeking after God and the things that are important. And if God brings you to the top of the mountain, praise him. Wonderful. God makes you famous. Great. If God makes you rich, wonderful. If God makes you whatever, fantastic. But seek him first and his righteousness and his call on your life and let him add those things to your life that he knows are best the one who created you understands your heart's desire even better than you do he knows he knows the purpose for which he's created us and since he loves us since he loves us and sent his only son Jesus Christ to die for us Is it not logical to believe that his ways are best? Is it just not logical to believe that he knows better than I do about my life? There, honestly, I still sit back sometimes and say, God, I don't get it. Why don't you just do this in my life? I have all this whole plan laid out. If you would just, and I realize. He does it. He doesn't give me something, not because he's holding back and trying to punish me in some way or try to make me angry or frustrated. He does it because he loves me and he knows if I have this or if I don't have that or if I do this or I don't do that, it will have an effect on my spiritual journey. So I just I trust him. What does it say? It's simple. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will make your path straight straight. So this morning, here's what we're going to do. Let's determine where we are on our spiritual journey. All right. Everyone, including myself, let's determine where we are in our spiritual journey and take action steps to get closer and to grow in maturity and to get closer to Jesus Christ. That's the ultimate goal—to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. So let's figure out where we are, okay, on our spiritual journey, and then let's see if we can get closer in maturity to Jesus Christ. So the first group of people—this sermon is going to go on for a couple of weeks, okay? This is part one. Um, the first group of people I want to talk to are people who are truth seekers. You're sitting here and you're 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 trying to seek out truth. Some of you are trying to figure out this whole idea, this whole spiritual journey, the next step, trying to figure out what your next step, what your next step is. You have questions, you have questions about God. Why does God this? And I don't understand that. And I've heard people say this. And so you have all these questions and you're 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 trying to you're you're being you feel like you have this spiritual pull on your life. Something inside of you is longing is being pulled upon something deep inside mind and heart working together. Something's pulling on you and you have you have questions, but you really can't sometimes put even that pull or that feeling into words. But, you know, God is pulling. God is calling. God is speaking to your heart. You're in the process of seeking. And God, like I said, this is a process where God begins to call you. Okay, you're being called by God. Again, you can't put it into words, but you know it's true. There's a, God is calling you to himself. So the next step in your spiritual journey is to understand this important truth. Okay, God is calling you, and you have all these questions, but the most important thing you need to understand in your spiritual journey, okay, before you get any further, is that you have a sinful nature. Okay, I'm going to walk this through with you walk this through. You're saying, how do I move here? How do I get here? The first thing you have to recognize, the first thing you have to come to grips with is that you have a sinful nature before you can truly understand any other question that you have on your mind. You need to come to grips with that truth. Okay. With that truth of a sinful nature. Um, now I know people get defensive here. I didn't say that you're a bad person desiring only evil and destruction on the world. Okay? Didn't say that. I said you have a sinful nature. Okay, that could cause, it causes all kinds of problems in our lives. But that's something that we need to grasp that we have a sinful nature. We, here, first thing you need to understand, if you want to get to the heart of the matter, because you're trying to grow, you're trying to understand, if you want to get to the heart of the matter, you need to first identify what's the matter with the heart. Before you can get to the heart of the matter and ask, ask all these questions and get to all, you need to ask, what's the matter with the heart? What's going on in my heart? Why, why do I keep following into these certain patterns? Why do I keep doing the things that I do? The, the Bible says that the... the that that sin the 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 heart if you will our heart is the is the is the seat of sin Okay, it's the seat of sin. It's from the heart that that we express, okay, that sin is expressed in in the different experiences of our lives. It comes from within is my point. That sinful part comes from within. And it's from the heart, it is from the heart that our sin expresses itself in our everyday lives. You ask things like why? Why, 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 why can I? Why can I? It's why you can't break that habit. It's, wh- it's basically why you can't break that, that, diff- that habit you're going through right now. You're addicted, you're, you're struggling, and it's why you can't break that habit, that sinful nature. It's why you're stuck in a pattern in your life. Why can't I get over? It's like my wheels, it's like your wagon wheels are stuck in a rut. They've been in that rut in the ground for so long, and you can't get your wagon wheels out of that rut. And what you need is God to pick your wagon wheels up and put you on a different path. But it's why you can't escape that pattern in your life. It's why you can't break free. Your sinful nature is the reason you can't break free from those fears. It's the reason you can't overcome your your anger issues or you can't control your, your temper. It's why you keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again that cause such difficulties in your relationships. It's why, honestly... It is why you're becoming the person you never wanted to be. You looked at the generation before you. You look at them and you said to yourself as a child, I never want to be like this. But all of a sudden it's like this, this draw. It's like this draw pulling you down, pulling you down. It's why you're becoming the person you never wanted to be. That sinful nature. That sinful nature has. Here's the thing. Let me put it this way. Sin has invaded your life like an enemy and is sitting in God's seat. God's, your heart should be the seat of Christ. Your heart should be the seat of God. The problem is your sin right now in your sinful nature, sin, okay, an enemy. The enemy has taken God's seat in your heart. This is why you struggle. This is why you pull your hair out sometimes. This is why you're like, why? I don't understand. And, and it's why you can't totally grasp or understand what God is doing when God is calling because sin is right there beating against you. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 3 says it perfectly. This is the unfortunate thing about everything that happens on earth. The same fate awaits everyone. The hearts of all people are full of evil and there is madness in their hearts during their lives and then they die. Without Christ seated where he belongs in your heart, Ecclesiastes said, there's the end of your life. Sinful nature consumes you. Causes you to do things that you, you really, just pulls you in and then you die. There it is, guys, in a nutshell. You say, well, that's the Old Testament. Let me tell you what Jesus said about it. Jesus says essentially the same thing in Matthew chapter 15, 18 through 20. But the things that come outside of the mouth, but the things that come out, out of the mouth come from the heart. So the things that we say, the things that, the evil things that we say, the evil things that we do come from the heart. And these things defile a person for out of the heart comes evil ideas, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are the things that defile a person. It is not eating with unwashed hands that defile a person. It is true that. That there are outward temptations that seize upon us sometimes and pull on us as human beings. That's very true. There are some things that come from the outside, okay, um, but they pull on that, that, that sinful nature. But there are things that come from the out, There are outside temptations that come to us and pull on us as human beings. But the problem we have essentially comes from within. We don't talk about this anymore in church, and that's a problem. How the heck can you talk about grace, the grace of God? How can we sing songs about how awesome God is and his deliverance, songs of deliverance? People don't even know what that means anymore. Deliver me from what? I think it was like two or three months ago I said, why did Jesus even have to come and die on a cross? We're pretty good, right? Everybody, we're all good. Doing this, having sex with anybody you want, to, that's not wrong, right? Getting totally wasted, that's not really wrong. Using all kinds of nasty foul language, that's not really wrong, Nothing's really wrong anymore. I asked the question, why did Jesus have to come and die? He came to die because we have a sinful nature and all those things are wrong. Amen. They're wrong. And it's called sin. And I cannot be, I cannot in good conscience get up here and tickle your ears and tell you all kinds of niceties all the time and, and just kind of go through the motions and we all feel good because we want the church to grow. And it's not going to grow if I say people are sinners. I didn't say it, the Bible did. But you're not going to understand the grace of God and what Jesus Christ... You're not going to fulfill your destiny. You're not going to feel the... Power of God going through your veins if you don't understand that you've been saved by Christ, that God loved you so much that He sent His only Son, God the Son, to die on a cross for your sins and to give you the Holy Spirit of God who can give you the power, the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ flowing through your veins, that you have the power of the resurrection, you can do all things through Christ, okay, who gives you strength. None of that is going to matter if you don't understand that you're a sinner saved by grace. And that once God saves you, once the Holy Spirit, once Jesus Christ gets on his throne in your heart, all bets are off. You're a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. That's the truth. And it's from within that we make decisions It is from that sinful nature that we make decisions that have profound negative impact on our lives and the lives of everyone around us. It comes from the outside. You know, a couple years ago, people would say to come to my office one after another. They'd say, well, you know, I I drank and so I got drunk. So I went out and I did this and I, I got drunk. I had no idea. I just got drunk and then I went out and slept around and I did this and I did that. And I finally said, stop it. Stop it. Let's be real honest here. You got drunk so that you could go and do those things. You didn't get drunk. Oh, my. Oh, oops, oops. In your heart, in your sinful nature, you had a desire. You got drunk so that you could do, do, do those things. You didn't get drunk, and then you just. And I had to have one person argue with me. But God, through his son, Jesus Christ, can wipe all those things out. He can overcome what holds us back. See, here's the thing. It's because of sin that we are separated from our loving God. God loves us and he wants to have fellowship with us. He wants us to be in his presence But because of our sin, we are separated from him. And the more a person feeds their sinful nature with unbelief and disobedience, the more sin's power grows within that person, establishing first a foothold, okay, and then a fortress. God can break through footholds and fortresses. But the more we keep feeding, you're going to feed a monster, okay? You're going to feed one or the other. You're going to feed your relationship with Jesus Christ and grow, or are you are going to feed your sinful nature? And the more you feed your sinful nature, the more it gets a foothold and then a fortress in your life. The more difficult it comes to break it down and the more Satan comes along and just and just crushes you and crushes you. His goal, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ this morning, his goal is to have him speak to your mind right now. He's speaking into your mind that I'm full of it, that all I'm saying is not true. That is totally ridiculous. Don't listen to me. All that kind of thing to keep you from Jesus and having and fulfilling the purpose for which he's created you. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, his goal is to neutralize you, to neutralize you, to lie to you. If you, Oh man, you're, you're not truly a Christian. If you were truly a Christian, so he lies to all of us. That is ultimately the goal, to keep us separated from God. God does not want that. God wants to be in fellowship with us. So with a solution from the separation the solution god's solution is to give us his son jesus christ that's why jesus came into the world it's not so we get presents at christmas time jesus entered the world because god so loved us that he so loved us that God, the Father, sent God, the Son, into the world, okay, to bring us into a closer relationship with him. Sin separates us from the Father, the Father's Father's way of of redeeming that, the Father's way of breaking that was to send his Son, Jesus Christ. In Romans 3.23 it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everyone, all, everyone has sinned. And falls short. It has fallen short of the glory of God. I don't think there's one person in this room that's really offended that God through His Word says that that Jeff Greer is a sinner, that I'm a sinner, and that we are sinners, that we have a sinful nature. I don't think there's one person probably in here that's actually offended by that. We all know we fall short of perfection. To be really honest, raise your hand if you're perfect, right? I'm not, I'm not like busting on you. We all know we're sinners. We all know we have a sinful nature. We all know, we all know that if we, all, we, we roll the tape of our lives, we all be like, oh gosh, right? But, but the Bible says while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. God loves us that much. He knows what we're capable of becoming if we're walking with Jesus Christ. He loves us. And the way he bridged that gap of separation was to send his son, Jesus Christ. John 3.16 says it simply. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death, separation from God. The wages of sin. We have sin. It's like Picture yourself with a backpack on, filled with everything you've ever done wrong in your entire life, weighed down, plus your sinful nature weighing you down. For the wages of sin is death. What? But the gift of God, right? The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus takes that pack off, puts it on himself. I got it. You're forgiven. But the gift of God, the gift, of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God the Father sent God the Son, Jesus Christ, into the world to take the penalty for our sin by dying on the cross. Okay, let me let me let me give you a little reason why you should read the Bible and why the Bible is completely true. But I'm gonna to read to you was written a thousand years before Jesus was born and five hundred years before crucifixion was even invented. So in order for this to get this, this whole, this idea right, someone would have had to sit there 500 years before Jesus Christ, a thousand years before his birth, this Messiah's birth, and 500 years before crucifixion was even invented and come up with some, and guess how Jesus would be killed. Okay? But listen to what it says. This is the gospel in the Old Testament, Isaiah 53, 5. But he was pierced for our transgressions, for our sins. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Psalm 22 is even more specific about Jesus being crucified and pierced for our transgressions. When we ask Jesus to come into our hearts, okay, that's called justification. And when i write these things down. I'll send it out. If you're not on the list where you get this week with Pastor Jeff... All this is, I send this sermon out. I rewrite it and kind of send it out so you have it forever. But I'm going to walk through these. This is important for every single one of us. So keep, put your thinking caps on. When you ask Christ to come in your life, that's called justification. You have been justified. A good way to remember it is, just as if I'd never sinned. OK, so when I ask Christ to come into my heart, all of a sudden now Jesus is on the throne of my life. I still have that sinful nature kind of trying to battle. But now the Holy Spirit and now Jesus Christ is in there kind of pulling things out and throwing things out. There's only room for one. OK, there's only room for one. And when the when the king walks in, everything else has to flee. When the light comes in the room, darkness needs to get out of the way. So you've been justified just as if you've never sinned all of your failures. All of your mistakes, all of your sins are wiped away. You and Not only are they wiped away, hear me out. We've talked about this in the past. They are forgotten. God chooses to forget everything you've ever done in your entire life. So you are now justified. All of that is now wiped clean. The bag of rocks, the bag of sin is off your back. You have been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. You have been justified in standing with God. When God sees you, he no longer sees sin in your life. He never long, actually no longer sees you and the sin, the sinful nature. Now he only sees his son, Jesus Christ. I try to use this all the time as analogy. If, if Okay, if this is me and I'll play Jesus. I'm just, I'm not Jesus, but I'll play Jesus for a second. Here's God, the father, Jesus stands right in front of me. So when God, the father, he doesn't see my sin anymore, doesn't see me anymore. He sees his son, Jesus and what he did on the cross covers me completely. Now things have completely changed. I have been justified. I have been forgiven. Everything's been forgotten. God no longer sees me. He only sees his perfect son. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, this is what it says. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become, listen, the righteousness of God. I am a saint, the Bible says. I am the righteousness of God. I am the, righteous, the righteousness of God. I am a new creation. When God sees Jeff Greer, He sees His Son. Covering, I am covered with the blood of Christ. He no longer sees what he saw before. I can enter into the presence of God. I can ask things. I can talk to my father. The veil has been ripped, if you will, and I can enter into the very presence of a holy and righteous God. Why? God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I'm sorry. That is amazing. That is absolutely amazing grace, how sweet the sound, that what? Saved a wretch like me. Can't sing that song if you don't understand why it's so important. You can't sing that song if you don't understand the sinful nature and what God truly did for you. You can sing it, but it won't have any meaning. So when standing with God now, I have asked Christ to come into my life. In standing with God, I am now perfect. Okay, I am now perfect. I can enter into his presence. Why am I perfect? Not because it's me, because now I am covered with the blood of Jesus Christ. I have an intimate, I can have an intimate relationship with God like Adam and Eve had in the Garden of Eden when they walked in the presence of God. I now, through Christ, the second Adam, the first Adam was tempted and failed. The second Adam was tempted and did not fail. He did not fail. And that's not because of what I've done and not because I'm so good. I can't work my way to God. My path is not to be good, work my way to God. My path is to get under the wings. I have chickens at home and I have a bunch of chickens. I put some new chickens in there and the new chickens get in. The old chickens are mad at them. They don't like them in there. pecking order. That's where the pecking order comes from. And I watched this one, the two little chickens get next to the other chicken, the, their leader. When you put three in, one of them's is always the leader. And they, they, they snugged up so close, and that chicken, it was amazing, reached out her wings and put her wings over the other two chickens. God's wings are over me. It's not me, it's him. He has spread his wings over me. So when God the Father looks at me, he sees the son, Jesus Christ. I mean, that's, that's awesome. So you've moved now, if you think about it, and, and as we go through this, you've moved from a person who's being called by God to from, a seek, from seeking to justification. And now, okay, so now you're, you're standing with God as perfect. And okay? you're standing with God, you're perfect. Now... Now you're saying, okay, but I'm not perfect. I'm still going to mess up. You are. You are going to mess up. You're going to make mistakes. Well, wait a second. You said, no, you're you're in, you're standing with God. You're perfect because of what Jesus Christ did. Now, now what do you do? You take in your next steps. Oh, I stumbled. I fell. I got to get back up. Jesus helps you back up, brushes you off, kind of keeps you on your way. Now you do your best. You do your very best to grow and keep moving forward in your relationship with Jesus Christ. You keep moving forward. Okay? So you're you're going to stumble, you're going to fall. That's I'm not saying that's, that's wonderful, do that. I'm saying it's going to happen, but you have God now in you. And what your goal is, your goal is not to go, Oh, I'm such a loser. I can't believe I did that. If I was a real Christian, that's all lives in the pit of hell, okay? You're still gonna stumble, you're still gonna make mistakes. But now you have Jesus Christ who's going to help you. Your goal is to become more like Jesus. Remember I said tiny steps, small steps in the beginning too? They don't have to be bold and risky. They start out small. You just keep moving forward to become more like Jesus Christ. It's at this point, after justification, you've been justified, just as if I'd never sinned, that you receive the Holy Spirit of God, that God gives you his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit begins to guide you. He begins to direct you. He helps you grow. He helps you understand the deeper truths of God. I don't understand the Bible. I don't understand the Bible. You can't understand the Bible fully without the Holy Spirit. So now the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, you have the father separated. Now he sends God, the son, the son allows you now to connect back with the father. And now the third person of the Trinity comes to you. Jesus said, when I leave, I will send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit now guides you deeper into the truths of God and helps you become more like the son, Jesus Christ. Now, this whole thing is called sanctification means being set apart for God. Now you are set apart for God. All right. Sanctification set apart for God. Sanctification. Justification is a once and for all event. Okay. You've been justified. Done. It's over. Sanctification is an ongoing process. Now I'm. I'm in Christ. God keeps seeing his son. God keeps seeing his son. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off the path a little bit. Holy Spirit will get me back on the path. Sanctification is an ongoing process. How do I become more like Jesus? How do I become more like Jesus? Well, I'm not as much. Oh, I'm, I'm off. the. Well, how do I become more like Jesus? It's an ongoing process. That's why it says in those bumper stickers, Christians aren't, Christians aren't perfect. They're only saved. Kind of annoys people. That's what they mean that's what they mean. It's sanctification. We're in a process of becoming more like Jesus Christ. So justification is a one and done. Sanctification is an ongoing process. It's God helping us become more like his son, Jesus Christ. We will still sin, but now we have one who goes to the father in our defense, Jesus Christ. That's why when you pray, when you all pray, and they say, we pray in Jesus' name, you do that because God, Jesus, is the mediator between you and God. So you say, I pray, and in the end you say, in Jesus' name. That's why you say that. 1 John 2, 1 and 2 sums this up. It says, my dear children, I write this to you so you will not sin. Okay. But, (laughs) reality, if anyone does sin, wait, we have one And we have an advocate with the Father, our advocate, Jesus Christ, is the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. We have one who goes to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one, who's the atoning sacrifice for our sins, okay? So we have Jesus Christ in the end, okay? Now, we'll kind of move on a little bit. In the end, after we die, this whole puzzle comes together because we get a glorified body. It's called glorification. Okay, so we are calling. We have justification, just as if I never sinned, sanctification, being set apart, ongoing process, then glorification. Glorification takes place in heaven. It takes place in heaven. 1 Peter 5.4 says, and when the chief shepherd appears, okay, Jesus reappears, you will receive the unfaded crown of glory. It's like, boom, glory. Romans 8.30 reminds us, and those, who he, those he predestined, he also called. Listen to this theologically. So those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. You're still going to make mistakes on your spiritual journey, but because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, your future is sealed and I'm using that word as, a, you know, it's sealed. No, it is theologically sealed by the Holy Spirit. Justification, the Holy Spirit comes into your life, okay? But glorification, it basically, God is saying, I put a seal. Once you ask Christ to come into your life, I sealed it. It's like the king's signet ring. When, it, when you have an envelope and you put the little thing on there of wax and the, seal, the king puts a seal on there, you don't break that seal. You, you're not, you, you, it's the king's seal, The king of the universe seals you for eternity through the Holy Spirit of God. You are sealed. Once you ask Christ to come into your life, done deal. There is no break theologically from God calling you to glorification. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. This is important. You cannot lose your salvation once you have it. Praise God. You, guys, you didn't do anything to earn it. You can't do anything to lose it. Now we can argue over the fact you ever a Christian before. And that's an argument, but you cannot lose it. There's no break. Romans 8.15 says, For you have, you have not received the spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which you cry out, Abba, Father. You have now been adopted into his family. Theologically, when Paul wrote this, he wrote in the context of Roman law, you can, when you're adopted in Rome, you cannot be unadopted. You have been sealed. You have been adopted. It cannot be. The seal cannot be broken, and you cannot be un- Adopted. and john six thirty eight 38 and 39 says for i have come down from heaven not to do my will but to do the will of him who sent me and this is the will of him who sent me listen to what it says here so god called now he's given the he's given us to god the father has given us to jesus christ that i shall lose none of all those he has given me but raise them all up in the last day Glorification, boom. I will lose none. Once you make the decision, it's sealed. That is what we call freedom in Jesus Christ. I am free. I am free. I can do anything in this world. I'm going to heaven. No one can take that from me. If I do something massively stupid because I get angry about something... And I get put in jail for it. Okay, I'm still going to heaven. Why? I have been sealed. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. They sang it up here. I am a child of God. Now, I want to give you a chance this morning to experience that kind of freedom. If you've been seeking, you've listened to everything I've said so far. If you've been seeking, I have shown you your next step on your spiritual journey. I spent this entire sermon for you. You have now been shown the next step in your spiritual journey, and I'm going to ask you to take it. I'm going to ask you to take it this morning. I want you to bow your heads with me. So, here are the questions I need to ask you. You need to ask yourself Do you recognize your sin? Are you perfect? Or do you recognize your sin? Do you agree? with what the Word of God says, what the Father says, that you are a sinner? If so, then what you need to do is what we talked about. You need to ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart. You need to say right now in your own heart, say this in your own heart, God, I recognize I'm a sinner. But you know what? Pastor Jeff laid it out pretty clearly. I've been longing for this for a a while. For someone to explain it to me. He explained it. Now, Jesus, I want you to come into my heart and take your rightful place on the throne of my life. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want you to kick the enemy out and take his place so that I can overcome and become the person who you created me to be. If you prayed that, if your desire is to have Christ to live in your heart, that he has adopted you into his family and you are filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And you can say, God, show me who I am. Show me my identity. I no longer want to live for the applause of the world or live for anyone else. I want to live to an audience of one for the rest of my life, you. Now, if you've made that decision this morning, you asked Jesus Christ to come into your life. Here's what I want you to do. Pastor David's in the back here. He's going to come up front. and At the end, he's going to come up front. We're all going to come up front. But I want you just to, if you prayed that prayer, if you asked, if you said, I want you to just raise your hand up. Just put your hand up. Amen. 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 And I want, what I want you to do is I want to help you. We want to help you in our spiritual journey. So as we, as we close out this service... I want to sing a song of praise for all those people who raise their hand. I want us to come forward and just sing it together. Let's close out this service by just singing this song together in praise. And if you prayed that prayer, make sure you connect with Pastor David, who's right here. You can look up now. I want you to look up right here. He's right here. He's got some books for you, and he wants to help you take the next step. We'll talk about that next week, the next step in your spiritual journey. Let's pray real quick. God, thank you for this time we can spend together. And God, I pray that we would close out this service the way we started it, the way this whole service, the way this whole day started with your Holy Spirit's presence Lord God I praise you I thank you we are excited we, the angels in heaven are rejoicing over people who have given their lives to you this morning I pray those people would come forward and connect with Pastor David and so we can help them in their spiritual journey God you are awesome you are everything you are everything. you are amazing And may we praise you with our voices now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you come on forward, up forward. We're going to sing this song together. Let's just come up here together and kind of, in in unison, sing this song.